Welcome to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. On today's show, the Oscar nominations are in. What were the surprises, and what can we expect out of the 89th Annual Academy Awards? A little bit later, I'll be talking to one of this year's Oscar nominees, loving star Ruth Nega. So stick around. Okay, here we are, and we have Oscar nominations to talk about. Hello, Good Janelle. Good morning. Thank you for waiting for the day after Oscar nominations, because I was <laughs> up since 3 a.m. yesterday. I took a nap, eventually. Oh, I hate you. I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I mean, at a certain I'm point, my body says, you. look, if you do anything else, yeah. you will collapse right now. I had a very long day, because after it was the day of the Oscar nominations, and then I had two Q&As with, with two amazing redheads, um, first Amy Adams, then Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. So it ended up uh, being being a pretty long day. Did you, you did TV, right, in the morning? Or did I you, did, yes. Did yes. you puke? Uh, no, and everybody um, patted me on the back <laughs> for managing to make it through this segment without getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, not... Too many shockers, I guess, beyond, I guess, you know, you just mentioned Amy Adams, so let's just start there. That was the biggest surprise for everyone. pretty surprising. I mean, you always wondered. Yeah, you said all along you weren't sure she got in, and I wasn't sure either just because I don't know if sci-fi gets the respect it deserves, but then with the Golden Globe nomination and the SAG nomination and the Critics' Choice nomination, like, she seemed very secure, and I I hate to say that, like, one person pushed another person out, Mm -hmm. but um, obviously, you know... There were some people who were considered on the bubble who mm-hmm. made it in, and, and Amy did not. Yeah, it's a low-key performance, too. Yeah. It's not like it's this big Academy, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. performance in that way. So uh, presumably, I mean, you never know who's fourth, who's fifth. Uh, a lot of people think it's Meryl Streep, like she somehow That's turned on think. the afterburners. I mean, I, it could be Ruth, yeah. though. Ruth Nega didn't have any support. Possible. I mean, you'll make yourself crazy thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. I just... I did not have Meryl on my list for the longest time until after her Golden Globe speech. I was yeah. like, okay, she kind of sealed it with that. But then it's disappointing because the other omission that, that was very sad for me was Hugh Grant was not nominated from the same movie. Yeah, what do you think happened there? <sighs> I think we take him for granted to some extent. Or maybe, you know, the movie didn't get a lot. Did, I think only Meryl was nominated from the movie. Um, uh, acting, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, costumes were nominated. Costumes were nominated, uh, okay. I mean, it's possible the movie just didn't connect with yeah. Oscar voters and Meryl got in because she's Meryl. Um, I think it's also possible he might have split his votes a bit. Some people might have thought he was a lead. Yeah. You know? Um, he was nominated for lead at the Golden Globes. That's maybe true. maybe that confusing. wasn't a, a smart move on yes. the studio's part to position him that way there. Who knows? Something that was interesting to me was, you know, ever since Nocturnal Animals premiered uh, at the, on the festival circuit, people were talking about Michael Shannon, mm-hmm. and then that sort of died down, and it became Aaron Taylor Johnson with The Globe and Baftanom. Mm-hmm. So seeing Michael Shannon's name was, was a huge... He's always creeping. Yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. No, me too. That's, we, that's what's interesting, actually. The, quote, surprises were things that we all thought was going right. to happen early on right. that we stopped thinking was going to happen. Mike Shannon, 20th mm-hmm. Century Women for Screenplay is an example, too. I, um, you know, regarding Amy Adams, look, she's in good company. Uh, Annette Bening wasn't nominated. Taraji yeah. B. Henson wasn't nominated. I was so holding out hope yeah. that Taraji would get in. Uh, you know, it was just, it's just a testament to what a great year it was for actresses. But, uh, but it was pretty shocking that, uh, also, you know, everyone loves Amy Adams. I just thought she, she was She did a lot of work. I mean, she... Carried the load. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Denis was off working on Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade that's Runner. right. 
you know, I don't know. I didn't really see Jeremy Renner around no, much no. on this movie. I, I don't know if he was working. And they obviously I mean, love whatever, the movie. I mean, eight nominations. Yeah. So to not nominate the person who is sort of the face of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, holding it together. You made your case for me. that. Uh, I did. In print. <laughs> I certainly did. Well, uh, you said you did a Q&A with her. Yeah. How, she how was, was hilarious. Feeling? I mean, she, you know, I I can't speak for her, but I got the impression that, like, I think Dennis Miller, before he went crazy years ago, said something to the effect of, if the worst thing that happens in your life is your show gets canceled, you've led a fucking charmed life. Yeah. So I think she has, like, really good perspective about it. Yeah. Um, all I can say is that she was in a great mood last night. She was really funny. She is so happy for Denis mm-hmm. and for the movie. And... Um, you know, she was just she was just great with the audience and and seemed in really good spirits. Well, here's the thing: uh, next time she's in the running, she'll exactly. probably win. Well, you know, in a way, it might be the best thing that could have happened because yeah. she probably wasn't going to win. Although for a while, I was thinking she could, but um, so now you know, it sets her up to be like it's the she narrative got is ready last to go. Time. Yeah, yeah, she's she's building a great narrative. So you know, whatever's next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else? Uh, Captain Fantastic didn't pan out in screenplay. No, I mean, look, I had I had hopes that I knew were a little, you know, on the nominees on the the precipice, and none of them panned out. No Kevin Costner, no Taraji, no Captain Fantastic. Although Vigo got in, which I'm thrilled about. That lineup seemed locked in place yeah, pretty early right. this year. It was kind yeah. of interesting. Um, Although I was still, you know, pulling for Tom Hanks. But again, nobody feels sorry for Tom Hanks. Yeah. let alone Tom Hanks. America's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's look at the. Where are the freaking nominations? Do you uh, do you have any um, PGA? We have PGA and SAG this weekend. Gosh. Well, the PGA nominees are the Best Picture nominees plus Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool did not make it in, which so, <laughs> we both sort of expected. Yeah, I think some people got their hopes up on that, which is I so cute. Think they did, yeah. But I mean, look, they they weren't getting their hopes up without you know any evidence to support them. I mean, a PGA sure. and WGA nomination is pretty great. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Here's the nominations. Mel Gibson got in. Yes. End of the day, which was a little surprising to me, just because as I've said before, I thought he had a better shot with the more vast DGA, mm-hmm. where Garth Davis was nominated for uh, Lion. Yes. Like I would have thought those instances me would have too switched, that's exactly what know? i thought like mel would have been in for dga and garth would have slipped in for oscars lobster got that screenplay nomination so thrilled about that uh 13 hours got that sound yes, mixing yes, nomination <laughs> yeah suicide squad can call itself an oscar nominee now. so can passengers i mean that's uh look i, I think passengers is a much better film than suicide squad i but uh don't know Please. That's that's like Please. giving a cannibal a knife and fork and calling no, it an improvement. No, no, no. <laughs> Passengers got uh, two nominations. It Thomas did. Newman got in, which I was wondering what was going to happen there uh, because that branch, the composers, are so insular and they always nominate their own. And this year there was like John Williams, James Newton Howard had the uh, Fantastic Beasts score. Thomas mm-hmm. Newman had Passengers, and you know these are kind of lackluster compared to what those guys usually put out. And meanwhile, there was all this new blood. And some of it got in, like Mika Levy for uh, Jackie yes. got in. And uh, we all figured the Lion uh, composers would get in. Nicholas Bertel for Moonlight. So all the, it's, 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 uh, it's mostly new blood. And then Thomas Newman. So just remind you that they do take care of their own still. I just rewatched Moonlight over the weekend for the first time in months and was really struck by how good the score is. Uh, that, that string stuff is amazing mm-hmm. when he's out there in the water with uh, Mahershala. Mahershala, yeah. 
By the way, if I can plug, I did a SAG after a career conversation with Mahershala that's now online, and it is like just listening <laughs> to that man speak. It's, He's a charmer. Yeah, it's hard not to like tear up half the time. Uh, I was very proud of myself, I must say, not to be a douche. Uh, <laughs> visual effects, I nailed, and, yeah. I, and and only because I went to that Bake Off. Really, like, that really okay. homework pays off. It, it gives you a perspective that you wouldn't have otherwise. Because as I've said before, that Deepwater Horizon reel was amazing. The Kubo guys really made a passionate plea, and they both got in. Yeah, over a rival. Uh, can't That's remember what else was kind of. Although, you possible know, there, but I guess Arrival wasn't as, you know, flashy as when you get down to it. It really is it's more very about low-key effects. humanity, yeah. Uh, but then so was Ex Machina, and True. then that one, <laughs> which was uh, not something that pleased that branch last year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Have we not talked about that? No. So there's like an oh, uprising. They, and they, they, yeah. I mean, this year at the Bake Off, the guy made a little speech like, remember, you're voting for the best visual effects, not the best movie with visual effects. And some people took that as like anti-Arrival. Wow. But it, it, it had something to do with the Ex Machina of it all last year, beating Mad Max and Martian and Ex Star Machina Wars. Had excellent effects. These big, like, but, you know, it's a political branch. It's a political industry. So all these major effects houses working on these movies, and then they lose to Ex Machina. Which my answer is, if you don't like it, don't nominate Ex Machina in the first place. Yeah. Also, Ex Machina had amazing effects. Great effects. Yeah, especially considering their budget. So, uh, okay. Let's take, we, we asked for some questions this week. Yes. Let's pull them up. First. You, you know, uh, I just had a thought. What if Amy Adams wins SAG? <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I you think, don't? Who do you think winning? I think Emma's winning SAG. I think, I think, I think so Emma begins her too? march at SAG. All but would not be surprised if Natalie Portman won. I would. Actors love that movie. Love it. I'd be surprised. Okay. I mean, you know. Do you think Casey is a lock for actor? Because if she doesn't win SAG, Ryan's not winning SAG, and it's not nominated for Ensemble. So mm-hmm. is La La Land walking out of SAG without an, an award? You don't think Ryan's winning SAG? Mm-mm. I don't know. I really... I'm pretty sure that's going to yeah. Casey. I mean, I'm I'm very um, excited for this weekend because we will have some answers, you know? Well, let's give these people some answers. <clears throat> D- Din... Okay. Denz... Denise Ken... Okay, sorry, dude. Uh... I think La La Land is winning nine Oscars, but I'm not so sure about screenplay and sound editing. Thoughts? I think Thoughts, La La, La Land is probably winning screenplay. <clears throat> I don't understand people why people like are, feel like that's an issue. Me like, either, see, people are so against that it? winning screenplay. Yeah. I thought that was going to win screenplay back when I thought that was the only award it was going to win. Right. Like, it's, it's a great screenplay. It's kind of the thrust of the movie is what he's put on the page I think in many think ways. I think that so. musicals don't have screenplays or something, which is ridiculous. There's more dialogue than music in that movie. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very witty screenplay and just the exchanges and everything, so yeah. I think he's good. Maybe it loses to Manchester, but I don't think so. <clears throat> yeah, that's the only thing it can lose to, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think sound editing is going to happen, but I didn't think the nomination was going to happen. I was really? a little dumbfounded by that. Who do you think it, uh, it could lose to? Hacksaw. <laughs> Okay, so it's like either Bullets or Broadway. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Oh, wait, I got a headline. Hold on. That's it. Gotta, Jot that <laughs> let down. Let me write that down. That's like an old school variety headline. <laughs> Bullets versus Broadway. <laughs> Coming in over the transom. <laughs> I think, uh, think La La's going to win sound e- uh, mixing. Mm. Musicals win sound mixing. Yeah. But sound editing. If it wins sound editing, watch out. Yeah, I like, know, right? Watch out. Because I already think it's going to tie the record for wins. You do? What is yeah, the record? 11. Wow. Ben-Hur and Titanic. And, uh, so you have it winning everything Lord except... Lord of the Rings. 
everything except sound editing. One of the songs. Ryan Gosling in one of the songs. Mm. And I wouldn't count and out Gosling Ryan Gosling. And Gosling is not, yeah. you know, he's he's definitely a creeper there. Uh, this says, can anything stop La La Land? Clearly not. Yeah. Um, you know, 14 nominations. Obviously, we we kind of buried that, but that's the lead of the day yeah. was tying a record that All About Eve and Titanic had. And, and it probably would have broken the record if they hadn't changed the rules <clears throat> about the songs. Yeah, it could have got three songs yeah. in back in the day. Absolutely. And uh, if it, you know, if there was some, like, makeup wizardry that they had put into the movie yeah. or some visual effect situation, like, yeah, it was, it's amazing how much this movie took this town by storm. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, nothing's going to stop it unless there's some closet in Damien, or skeleton in Damien's closet somebody wants to dig out. But I don't I think so with a guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by, by the way, way I did a Q&A with the producers of La La Land on Sunday and I don't know why I just love the story but Mark Platt was talking about um, you know in the opening scene it's all one take or it's cut to look like one take uh-huh. Um you know, it just shows you how hands-on the producers are. Like Mark Platt, producer of Wicked, producer of movies like Bridge of Spies. Apparently, they were having trouble getting the door in the back of the truck to lift to up yeah, to yeah. reveal, you know, the the drummers. So Mark Platt was back there pulling, you yeah, know, to that. get that door to open. I love that. That was one of the the three cuts, I think, in that sequence was mm-hmm. when the door opens. Um, that that question was from No Offense from Tom. No offense. That's funny. I just got that. <laughs> Uh, does Arrival have a realistic shot to win any Oscars? I'm a big fan, but afraid it will go over over eight. I think think it might, too. Really? I I think it'll get something below the line, but you know where I think its best shot might be, and this might be crazy, is adapted screenplay. It would have to beat Moonlight. It would have to beat Moonlight. I just don't see that happening. But yeah, I mean, I could see that, or I I could see film editing or sound editing happening. By the way, I just realized Manchester wasn't nominated for film editing. Yeah, I called that. Nope. I've heard editors that, uh, kind of bemoan the way they play with time in that movie. Oh, interesting. A lot of them think they discovered it after the fact. Really? Like it was a manifested thing, but it was in the shooting script the way yeah, he, yeah. he wrote the flashbacks in. So solid editing, I thought, but it was left on the sidelines. Uh, but yeah, I think Arrival could win editing because of its structure. Mm-hmm. I think it could win. Which is funny. It's kind of a similar structure to Manchester. So why are they bitching about Manchester? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I think it, yeah, Adapted is, you know... The darkest of forces, but, you know, worth mentioning because of what kind of a story it is. And again, sound editing, like if they obviously they like Arrival more than they like Hacksaw. I'm picking Hacksaw right now Mm -hmm. just because it's a war movie. But, you know, I could see them throwing it a bone there. Yeah. Uh, But at the moment, yeah, I, I think it walks away empty handed. Kyle says, is there anyone who could surprise with a win? I'm keeping an eye on Shannon and the Lobster. Well, I wouldn't keep my eye on the lobster. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the lobster, but that's not something that I Especially see. Especially an original screenplay. I yeah. think, yeah, it's too tough. But somebody said yesterday, I think it was Kyle Buchanan, uh, uh, said um, that like as much as he loves Mahershala Ali, he kind of wants Michael Shannon to win just to hear the speech. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, he would, I'm sure he'd have something to say about Trump. Yeah, exactly. Uh, surprises. Let's see. I am, like I said, I am not... I think there's going to be some a surprise in one of the acting categories. I just don't know what it is. I think I could see Casey falling off. That's my like, concern. In, in like a but, shocking, like, what? But I don't know that it is shocking because um, Denzel is so powerful in the movie and so highly regarded. And I mean, he's got some stiff competition. It's a testament to how good Casey is that mm-hmm. he's, you know. That he's been, been so dominant. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and you I, know. 
Go ahead. We, we talk a lot about, like, don't underestimate Ryan Gosling. Don't under- underestimate yeah. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, Viola is uh, good to go. I mean, if Viola doesn't <laughs> win, it would be the biggest shock. Some people think Isabel Huppert is in the running here. I, I just don't a think so. A lot of so. people do. I don't think so either, but again... There's I, a lot of people yeah. that hate that movie. I, I was actually surprised she got in, ultimately. I was surprised she got in over Amy Adams. Let's see. And, you know, other stuff that I would say as surprises are the tech categories that, you know... Janelle would be bored. I was just going to say, wake me up when you're done. <laughs> I love that we've established this narrative that I just, I don't care about anything but the stars, baby. Yeah. Matthias wants to know, is there any chance Audition and City of Stars could split in song? Uh, our industry, voters industry talking about Affleck allegations. Oh, a twofer. Yeah, okay. I was like, wait, those are two different questions. <laughs> Regarding the songs, yeah, actually. I mean, yeah. per- personally, I think Audition is the better song because of how it's used in I the narrative. I do too, but I think City of Stars City of Stars is the win. anthem. It's the, I, I mean, it's good. become... I mean, the best song in the movie is Another Day of Sun, which what was it shortlisted or nominated. Yeah, that that and it just goes on and on. That's why yeah. I love that song. It yeah. just keeps going for like ten minutes or something. Uh but I could see it happening. Um, you know, Moana is sitting there with Lynn Manuel looking for his he got you know. Yeah. Actually and well yeah. You know, it was what was that year? Um everybody thought it was gonna be was it Lady Gaga and then Sam Smith won? Last year. Was it last year? <laughs> yeah. What was that year, like a decade ago? Yes. When I was a young was child year. of nineteen. Yeah, I'm still shocked by that. Unbelievable. Yeah, because I mean like it just went in the face of everything. Like Lady Gaga was a bigger star, the song was the front runner, it was a better song. Yeah, like, I don't know what happened there. Unless people are just put off by Diane Warren or something, she she does uh, get out there oh, fierce, fier- fiercely really? with her campaigning. Because yeah. she's been nominated like a zillion times, times or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah, I believe it's a zillion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Hashtag alternative. Are voters industry talking about Affleck allegations? I mean, certainly Constance Wu is. Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah. You know, I uh, I haven't seen much else. The funny thing is, I feel like people are talking about it, and that they're all asking why people aren't talking about it. You know, and I'm like, if you have something to say, like, say it. But I, you know, I don't have anything to say that I don't think has been said already. Basically. Uh, yeah. So, you know, could that ding him at the end of the day? Maybe. Uh, if there's some undercurrent. But I don't I don't think there is. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I think he's also, um, uh, you know, by not speaking about it, I don't know. Like, um, he can't. Yeah, either. that's what I, mean, I, I heard. Yeah. Like, uh, that uh, it has, I don't know, maybe... I, you know, if he can't talk about it, then he can't. He can't talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. I mean, he's, 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 it's been settled and there's legalities. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Um, that's a much longer conversation, I think, yeah. what we're, we're very <laughs> cl- clearly establishing here. Keith wants to know, when does backlash reach beyond the bubble and actually become detrimental to a film's chances? Great I, question. It, it, it also depends on the backlash. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't really know that it ever happens. Yeah, you. Th- I mean, in our circle, yeah, like we get worried about it, but then, like, I remember the Argo backlash. There's always some backlash fine. to something. You know, King speech. Oh, was there there? there? there were people, you know, who who were pissed off that it was winning the guilds, but that was after Social Network spent like entire entirety of December winning critics awards. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Um, did you see? By the way, every year they do those honest movie posters. Mm-mm. Oh my God! The one for La La Land was hilarious, and I, I also don't know if you saw the. Um, I'll see if I can find it. If you saw the uh, Saturday Night Live sketch this weekend, 
Whereas Itazari was... I saw that one. Yeah. I guess that's as far past the bubble as it goes, but that could have been a funnier sketch, I thought. Like, I thought it was actually a very affectionate sketch. I, I, they, I didn't think that they were attacking La La Land. I thought yeah. it was done with, like... I kind of thought it was going to go in a different direction, because like, I, I saw people tweeting about it before it aired on the West Coast, and I thought it was going to go in the direction of... Uh, uh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I tuned out for a second. I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to put tweets. my words together. Like, use your words. Use your words, Chris. <clears throat> I just thought it was going to go in a like in, in a backlash direction, like commenting on backlash. Yes. Basically, is what I mean. And it didn't really do that. It was just like, uh, you know, how dare you uh, not like this movie? But right. I don't really see that happening. By the way, I guess I kind of took it personally. Like, no one is saying how dare you hate like not like this movie. I mm-hmm. think people are saying like. Why would you hate on it is my question. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. Why like, is it thro- so threatening? Yeah. Why is yeah. this movie that like Lionsgate completely took a huge risk on? That's what cracks me up is people are like, oh, it's like tailored to win Oscars. That's and I'm bullshit. like, are you kidding me? That Damien Chazelle pitched to this yes. to these guys in Sundance a few years ago. This this dream project he had yeah. for years. With original music, not by a anyone mu- established. Original music. And, yeah. and they, put, they put money into this thing and it's paying off for yeah. them like yeah. this is not like some, this is not engineered it's hilarious to me okay so the shiznit.co.uk does <laughs> the shiznit, uh, I'm, I'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> does these um, um, honest movie posters you should check them out so the uh, La La Land poster is fuck the backlash we all need this right now well that's that <laughs> says it reality. right there uh, this film is better than your life um, Manchester by the Sea is you thought Ben was miserable sad fleck round two Casey Affleck has entered the game <laughs> Um, Glad people can amuse themselves. Uh, Oh, this, you'll like this one. Um, Look at the silence poster. Godfellas. Godfellas, starring (laughs) old Spider-Man Kylo Ren and Aslan. And it says, from the director of Kundun and Hugo. (laughs) And then underneath (laughs) that it says, wait, come back. He also made The Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, Gangs of New... Oh, shit, they're gone. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty honest. And, um, of course, the uh, arrival one is... Amy Adams has more chance of actually discovering alien life than winning a goddamn Oscar at this point. War of the words. <laughs> I think uh, the arrival one should be not the Charlie Sheen movie. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! <laughs> There's um, I just have to tell you the tagline for loving their loving poster. Thank God they weren't called Richard and Mildred Boning. Oh God. <laughs> well, so, speaking of loving, uh, that's the interview this week. Ruth Nega, oh, surprise uh, entrant. In yeah. the in the uh, sweepstakes, if you will, mm-hmm. talked to her a, a while back actually. So this is uh, hopefully not too dated. And uh, she had a cold at the time. Oh, poor thing. Poor girl. Probably from working her ass off. Yeah. yeah, it was right before she went off to do some some work, and then she came back. She came back at the right time, clearly, because mm-hmm. she she was gone for a bit, and then she came back just before ballots went out and, and did some work, and uh, and it paid off. I yeah. mean, she's one of what was it? Six actors, six black actors, or six, six well, actors, of color, actors of seven color, seven actors of color, yeah, including Dev. Dev. Yeah. And I'm happy to say many of them did playback. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's probably why they got the nomination, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. yeah. Amy did playback, too. The power. <laughs> so stick around for Ruth Negger right after oh, this. Oh. Do you have a PGA Go. prediction, or is it obvious? Oh, PGA? Uh, yeah, La La Land. Okay. Oh, SAG Ensemble? Uh, I'm saying Fences. I would not. I, I'm telling you, I don't know. You know, I you think I, Manchester? <sighs> a lot of people think Manchester. I think my, Fences. My guess is Fences or Hidden Figures... Mm-hmm. Um, Hidden Figures would surprise me. But I'm blanking on... I feel like I'm blanking because there's also Captain Fantastic and Manchester. What's the fifth? 
I know, right? How can we not know this? <laughs> Captain Fantastic, Manchester by the Moonlight. Duh. Oh, Moonlight. Oh, duh. That could be the one Jesus, that wins, actually. yeah, of course. I could see Moonlight winning, but I think Fences is going to win. I'm going to stick with Moonlight for now, but yeah. yeah. Hidden Figures and Fences would not be surprises. Um, I guess Manchester wouldn't be a surprise because three great actors from the movie are nominated, but I feel like that will get dispersed. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'll I'll stick with Moonlight. Fences has run a very smart ensemble campaign, though, yeah. so I would not be surprised. And I mean, yeah. look, it's like oh my god, it's a flawless ensemble. It's a flawless ensemble, yeah. and it's just like every actor in that room wants to play those yeah. parts. You know, yeah, it's so, so true. I, I think that's what's going to happen. We'll see. Anyway, stay tuned for Ruth right after this. power vested in me by the District of Columbia. I now pronounce you husband and wife. In here? What you doing in bed with that woman? I'm his wife. That's no good here. Richard Perry loving being a white person and Mildred Jeter, being a colored person, did unlawfully cohabitate as man and wife. Richard? I believe this is a battle that could go all the way to the Supreme Court. We ain't hurt anybody. The state of Virginia will argue that it is unfair to bring children of mixed race into the world. Tell that woman to come over here. I'm gonna raise my family here. I don't care what they do to us. Get back inside! I can take care of you. I know that. I can take care of you. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with one of the stars of Loving, Ruth Nega. Thanks so much for uh, doing my show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We talked to Jeff Nichols on the show a few weeks back. Right. Um, You know, his vision for this movie, uh, The Story of the Lovings, was a very quiet vision, which is why it's so bold. Mm. Uh, you know, you might expect something with such uh, dramatic and emotional under and overtones yeah. to maybe be a bit bigger, quote unquote. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that he took that yeah. approach. And just out of curiosity, uh, you know, when it comes to something like that, when it's, this is a story with emotions that are charged underneath the surface, yeah. really, do you feel like you wanted a release of like a big moment as an actor or were you right in the wheelhouse with what he was uh, I think that thing about Jeff is um, his priority is like a, a verisimilitude because he wants everything to be truthful you know and authentic and in order to um, honour the loving story that involved um into in its entirety that meant writing the screenplay that he did write and directing the film that he did direct that you see in your screens um and the thing about jeff is that you know the the priority is maintaining the truthfulness of what happened and the integrity of this couple and i don't think that he wanted to debase that um for uh sort of to meet sort of sort of 
cliche standard of filmmaking, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because Jeff, Jeff, there's. Uh, Jeff and his work are devoid of cliché. Yes, absolutely. Um, he is not a director that, uh, you know, is a, is, is, is a, I think, one, and they use that term as a gun for hire who just, like, you know, comes in, does the job, and heads off. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that's quite obvious in, you know, his back catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, I think he circumvented any sort of sort of pothole that might um, suggest a real standard paint by numbers kind of film. And to I think very much to his credit and to the film's credit, you know, yeah. I think Jeff um, doesn't patronise his audience. He doesn't patronise anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he gives his audiences the respect they deserve in terms of um, resisting that kind of spoon-feeding emotion or, you know, three-quarters in having the big sort of reveal or the kind of the big dramatic kiss and yeah. or the kind of, you know... You know, in this film, it's, there's this... I think he has created this brilliant tension because you, you, you are expecting, you know... You're expecting sort of um, something to sort of explode almost Mm -hmm. and that tension becomes almost uncomfortable in many ways yeah but what it does is that that's reflective of the tension that it must have must have existed then for this couple and many like them um you know to live your life under a threat of exposure you know to have to live this sort of duality dual existence you know in secret and Mm -hmm. hiding that takes its toll, you know, and any anyone could be exposing you, and any violence could be around the corner because it was for many people, you know. To speak up and speak out, I mean, this is no surprise to anybody, at certain points in history, was to risk, um, risk your life even, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and, 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 and it could cost you. And I think that 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 is very much that that kind of energy is very much present in this film, and I think that's more interesting than than sort of the run of the mill, you know, because expected thing. And mm-hmm. I don't think Jeff does anything expected. Yeah. And I think that 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 it it is for me. It's maybe a quiet film, but you know, um, you know, that word is. People have attached many things to that word, and is do they mean boring? Do they mean nothing happens? Because I don't think that's reflective of our film. Um, and I think, in a way, it mirrors Mildred and Richard, because they are um, unexpected themselves. You know. Yeah, Mildred, I certainly don't think it means boring for all the reasons no. you lined out. I mean, I think no, that probably gave you a lot to play with as an actress too. Most definitely, and I think you know that that Mildred and Richard were in there were were, were complex characters, you know, complex mm-hmm. individuals as well. And I think to we were careful not to diminish that, mm-hmm. diminish their story. You know, Mildred is this; she's she's quite shy and reserved, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean she is weak or subservient or. Um, any of those things in fact the opposite she has an incredible sort of uh, sense of herself mm-hmm. and her self-esteem she has a self-esteem a self-confidence um, and she has a, a belief in her beliefs 
Um, you may have actually and just confidence. Answered, yeah, absolutely. And you may have just actually answered my next mm. question, which I often ask actors who are playing real life people. Okay. Like, was there a quality? You know, in your research, I'm sure you saw the documentary and stuff like yeah. that. Was there a quality about Mildred that was so captivating you wanted to make sure that you carried it across in your performance? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and that the, the, the documentary, the footage, the archival footage and documentary that Nancy Bursky made, the loving story, which I urge anybody and everybody to see, um, it was really a gift for all of us, mm-hmm. Jeff, Joel and I. And I, I, it really was my sort of, my Mildred handbook, as it were. Um, um, and in that, in that footage, you know, there's a luminosity to this woman. She, she, she radiates um, charisma and goodness and um, truthfulness and a lack of cynicism and, a, uh, you know... Uh, an innocence without naivety, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I really, I really worked hard. I think we all did to capture that um, the glow around this couple, both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, and I think I think Joel did an extraordinary job of portraying Richard. Um, and I think together we felt it was very much. Um, there was two of us in it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we felt, I certainly felt felt very supported by him, um, and uh, both as Ruth, but also in my performance as Mildred. And um, I'm also, I'm often curious about locations, uh, because, yes. like, how they help to inform what you're doing. I asked the same question of Jeff. You're out there shooting in and around Richmond in the yeah. areas that this happened. Uh, yeah. How does that help you as an actor to really get in that headspace? Oh, very much so. Um, you know, that was a, that was um, non-negotiable, I think, for yeah, Jeff. Yeah. He insisted on, on shooting in in in, uh, in and around Richmond and uh, Bowling Green, mm-hmm. uh, not far from where, where any of this happened. You mm-hmm. know, you know the, the the courthouse. That's the actual courthouse that they got sentenced to. Yeah. The outside of the prison. That's the prison that they they stayed in. We couldn't um, we couldn't actually film in her cell that Mildred was locked up in. Because it was too flipping tiny. <laughs> it was really tiny. Mm. Um, and I think that really brought it all closer to home. It really made it really immediate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I know this sounds really obvious, but history is ha- something that happened, happened back then. But I think filming, walking in their footsteps and, you know, um, being in that courtroom with those four walls where... This happened. This actually happened. Really resonated with us. It sort of, I think, it galvanized both Joel and I, and in fact, everybody into um, really. I mean, we wanted to do do as best possible job as possible, yeah. you know, in the first place. But it just gave an extra dimension, you know. And I, I do believe that places have energies. They, mm-hmm. you know, they retain traces of events, you know. That, there's residue mm-hmm. in buildings, and you definitely felt an energy, you know, in the, around this film, filming in these places. Yeah. In addition to the fact that it's very beautiful, and so you sort of see why, you know, Mildred was so connected to this place, you know. Yeah, um, yeah Jeff spoke about her connection to nature being yeah. a very key element for him, and, and uh, yeah. that that environment certainly yeah. spoke to that as well. Home, I mean, you know. Yeah. It, for, for Mildred... Um, 
For Mildred, it feels like, you know, like when you, when you starve a plant of sunlight and water, they wilt. Mm-hmm. And you could very much see Mildred wilting in, in, in when she had to live in, when she was ex- exiled to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, and also, the, I think they exposed this, the, the folly of these laws that, that, that prevented someone from raising their family where they wanted to raise them. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really quite extraordinary. Um, this year alone, uh, quite the whiplash of material, I guess, you know, you have the, I'll use the word again, the quiet nature of, of loving. And then you have something like the grand massive scale of Warcraft and then the Uh, mania of something like TV's preacher. Is that variety like very important to you? Yeah, very much so. Um, because it's, because it's, it's, uh, very fulfilling. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line, and you get to explore different parts of oneself and others. You know, it's very exciting to be allowed to do that. Uh, you know, uh, get paid for it, <laughs> not yeah. end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> With regards to Tulip. Um, What's the most fun you, you had playing Tulip so far? You think? Oh, we just laugh a lot on set. You know, I, I love, I like jovial sets. You know, and the mm-hmm. warmth and kindness and support. And you can't help but laugh when um, Joseph Gilgan and Dominic Cooper are your <laughs> your playmates. <laughs> it's such wild subject matter, obviously. And uh, Seth Seth Rogen was actually the first guest on my podcast. Oh no a way! Few, yeah, He's a fantastic, isn't he? His energy is amazing. That pilot, the great word, the energy of that pilot was just sensational. Yeah, that's very reflective of both Seth and Evan yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, it's really, you know. And working with them was extraordinary because you felt that 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 energy they had, you know, the kid in the candy store energy, uh-huh. was very much um, 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 came through in our in our pilot. It was very much dictated a lot of sequences in our pilot. Yeah, yeah. And did you get a chance to see Sausage Party yet? By the way, <laughs> I cannot wait to see Sausage Party. It's funny. He and and uh, Evan are like the preeminent. Uh, artists regarding theology of their time between know. you know preacher and know. sausage party has elements and this Tune is the in. end. It, yeah, exactly. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, uh, I can't um, wait to see Nick Crow play play a douche or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> I love their voice. Their their voice is sensational. Um, uh, just looking back at some things. An early movie break for you was uh, Breakfast on Pluto, the Neil yes, Jordan Neil film. Yes, Neil Jordan's film. Yeah. Uh, what did that mean for you? Oh well, that was that was. I mean, I remember. I remember where I was when I heard that news, and I just, I was just wild with joy. I was because uh, I was living in and I was living in Dublin at the time, and I, I wasn't really expecting to get the call. To be honest. Um, well, if I read, if I'm correct, I, I feel like I read that he re- rewrote or wrote a part for you. Well, I don't it? know if that's apocryphal or if I've made that up or if he <laughs> actually said it or I've just decided that he said that. <laughs> Let's stick with Neil said it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, yeah, I'm assuming you were a fan already going. Oh in. Yeah, yeah, huge fan, huge fan, and of Pat McCabe the, who wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, he also wrote Butcher Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, huge fans of them both, um, and Killian Murphy who mm-hmm. played Kitten. In it. it was. It's just such a thrilling story. A really beautiful. You know, Pat. Pat. Pat McCabe is such an original writer, and Neil is such an original filmmaker. You know, and and they remind me of of, of Jeff in that way. You know, they they. You know, that's they. They've carved their own path, really unique and original. And they don't. Um, you know, I don't think you can say that of many many people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, they have a style that's all of their own. So just work. I mean, working with Neil and Patton, like, um, 
Declan Cohen as a cinematographer. I mean, it was extraordinary. And I got to work with Lawrence Kinlan, fellow Irish guy. You know, and Killian was extraordinary as Kitten Braden. And Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ruth McCabe, uh, Mary Cockton. I mean, like, we're talking like just, I mean, it could go on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and this is this is ten years ago now. So, um, yeah, it was, it was such an honour and a joy. Did you ever see The Good Thief? Neil, yes, Neil's film, The Good Thief. Yeah. I, I just yeah. ran, randomly yeah. throwing it in there. I love that movie. Yeah. It's a remake. N- Nolte's fantastic in it. If people haven't seen The Good Thief, they should check it out. Yeah, they, they totally should. They should check out Neil Jordan's filmography in general, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do? Uh, weird question, but like going forward, do you have any interest in getting behind the camera? Do you have any interest in... I think I'm too lazy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, you know, actually. Um, oh, let's see. I don't know. I really like. I I don't need to be a prolific worker. Mm-hmm. That's another word for being lazy. <laughs> right. I'm going to use that though. I'm going to use that at work. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see if I can get away with it. Um, I have to say that this, you know, doing preacher, which I adore, and then working with Jeff on. Loving. I mean, that you can't go really wrong there, you know. I wouldn't mind doing... If I could do, like, Preacher of a Year and do a film with Jeff Nichols a year, then mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be happy out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not compelled to, you know, produce and make projects happen, anything like that. I ask also because we find ourselves amidst this diversity debate and oh, uh, right. as, it, as it pertains to the industry. Oh, yeah. And so I'm just curious if, if, you know, what people are interested in doing, if they're interested in combating that... People have brought oh, your name up a lot this year. Oh, definitely. I think, I think you, you know, and I think that why, why, you know, why wouldn't I be interested in combating it? That you know, yeah. creating work for myself would be a great idea. Yeah, leave it with me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is that I think that we are. I mean, you know, there is a push, which is great. There is an agitation um, to see diversity reflected on our screens, and mm-hmm. that can only be a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean. And in in many ways, and many with many different narratives, because there isn't just one narrative. You know, there isn't just the black narrative. There isn't just the mixed race narrative. There's mm-hmm. many strands and stories to be told. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really exciting. You know, and I'm excited to um, hopefully maybe be a part of that. You know? Yeah. Speaking earlier of Preacher, your co-star in that, Dominic Cooper. You guys have been together for a few years. Do you find it increasingly difficult to keep your private life? just to keep that away from public scrutiny? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to answer that question, really, because I don't really look myself up too often. Sure. The key is, do not, under any circumstances, Google oneself. Oh, yeah, that's good advice <laughs> um, in general. Look, some of it's beyond your, beyond your control, you know? Yeah. You can't really lose too much sleep about it because of that. You know, you drive yourself crazy, so I just leave that. I leave that one alone. Mm-hmm. And then what's next for you? I didn't. I didn't notice if you Preacher have anything like just sticking with the show for now. I'm going to be. I'll, maybe I'll just stick with the show, and if Jeff will have me back, stick with him. <laughs> Otherwise, you're lazy, and you're. <laughs> I like. I'm. I'm. I just. I have this. Um, I quite like just staring out windows, really. To be honest, daydreaming. And you know what? I actually think that's an integral part of. of being an actor, actually, and of being an artist and being alive. You know, I don't think we do it often enough. I think that it'll probably all have. Better blood sh- blood blood pressure levels if we did, you know. Yeah. Take it easy a bit, chill out, and get off these screens. Well, on that note, I, th- I think I'm the last one you've been talking to today. <laughs> so thank you for uh, talking thank to me you. at the end of a very long oh, day. Oh, no, my pleasure. And Ruth a has pleasure. a bit of a head cold, so we wish her well. I'm so sorry. Yes, I'm really bummed up and 
stuffy. My apologies for the, for the sniffles. Good luck with the uh, premiere and good luck with the movie as it opens. Oh, you're very Thanks kind. for doing my show. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe and check back next week when I'll be talking to Moonlight writer and director Barry Jenkins. You've been listening to Playback at Variety. Variety.